0: Welcome to the Faith Assembly Podcast. We're so glad that you joined us today. It is our desire at Faith to help you connect, grow, and go in your walk with God. We hope you're encouraged by this message from Pastor Steve. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning? If so, would you turn with me to the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 2. And as we look at this passage of Scripture today we're going to celebrate i want to invite you into celebration with me as a matter of fact i'm not sure i'm not sure that it's appropriate that you sit this one out i I think you might have to stand back up i'm sorry as i'm not trying to do the kneel down stand up kneel down stand up thing but you, you may just need to stand up here for a minute as we go through this together because Uh, We're gonna we're gonna read a lengthy portion of text today, and as we do that when I want to I want to invite you to celebrate I'm not I'm not sure why I'm not sure why and you don't have to greet me afterwards with the explanation. I get it. I understand, but There are also certain other things that I know as well and that is that if somebody walked into this place today and they blessed you materially over and above and well beyond anything that you could have ever expected or gained for yourself, most of the time your response to that would be one of exuberance and and, and, an expressive thanksgiving. I'm not sure how it is that we come together in the presence of the one who has redeemed us by giving his life for us and has guaranteed us of something that we could never earn or gain for ourselves. Yet as a free gift of his grace, he has come to us and given us life. I'm not sure how we come together in his presence and just stand silent. And, and. And expressionless. Maybe we don't understand the gravity. Maybe we we don't have the the scales pulled from our eyes effectively so as to be able to see what our plight really was. Maybe we've been at ease in Zion for so long now that we just have lost sight of the depth, of the degradation that, that the Lord has pulled us out of, the mire and the clay that he has pulled us out of and set our feet on a rock and established us. Maybe we've forgotten about that. But I want to remind you today of where you were in relation to where you are. Ephesians chapter 2. I had some other things I wanted to share with you at the onset of this message, but they just seem so less, far less important right now in this moment. Ephesians chapter 2. And when we get to a spot and you recognize the blessing and the glory of God, I want you just to lift your praise to the Lord in this place. And you, and you, he made alive who were dead in your trespasses and sins. look we didn't just chip one in from thirty yards you know and you he made alive who were dead in your trespass Listen here's how it was In which you once walked according to the course of this world According to the prince of the power of the air The spirit that now works in the sons of disobedience Verse 3 Keep this in mind as we move along Among whom we also once conducted ourselves In the lusts of the flesh Fulfilling the desires of the flesh And of the mind And were by nature Children of wrath Just as others Just, Just like anybody there's nothing special about us god doesn't love you more than he loves somebody else out on the street today god doesn't love you more right now than he loves the junkie god doesn't love you more right now than he loves those that are bound in all manner of demonic things but you have been set free you who were dead in your trespasses and sin have been made alive in christ jesus among whom you uh, once conducted yourselves and you were by nature the children of wrath just as others, but God. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us even when we were dead. Do you understand? Even when we were dead, God loved us. And has made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and he has raised us up. He has raised us up together and made us to sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's right now. That's not sometime then. That's right now. Right now, you and I, right now the veil is torn. Do you understand that? Right now we have access that we can come boldly before the throne of grace. That you and I together today in the manifest presence of God can come into this place and sit together in a heavenly atmosphere today that is permeated by the presence and the power of Almighty God. We're here today in a, it's an earthly edifice. I understand that. It's, It's a natural environment, but it's a heavenly place because it is invaded by the presence of God. It is permeated. Do you feel the anointing and the presence of the Lord in this place? And he's raised us up together, made us to sit together in heavenly places that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace, you have been saved. You've been saved through faith. What? Not not because i did good not because i got it right not because i wrangled myself all together and got my no you've been saved by faith you've been saved by grace through faith that you just reached out you heard the gospel you heard the truth the truth has made you free you've just reached out and grabbed hold of the promises of god And receive the gift of his grace. And it's not of works lest anyone should boast. For we as workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. Which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Therefore remember. Therefore remember. Remember that you once gentiles in the flesh who were called uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision made by the by the in the flesh by hands that at that time at that time you were without Christ there's a distinction being drawn here at that time you there's been a time that you were without Christ Being and listen, here's your situation As being outside of Christ. This is where we were This is where we were Understand this Are y'all okay standing? I mean, I gotta stand the whole time You were aliens From the Commonwealth of Israel In other words, you were outside the realm of God's chosen and strangers from the covenants of promise, and you had no hope, and you were without God in the world. Oh, do you feel that? Do you, do you feel the weight of that? Do you feel the press of that in the spirit? That, that you were, I mean, that is horrible. I want, I want you to think right now. I want you to think right now about the, the worst case scenario situations that you've seen unfolding in the world before you in the last week. Think, think about the worst thing that you've seen this week all week long. You, you've, you've watched the news. You've seen it all unfolding. You've seen the Twitter stuff and everything. Think about the worst thing that you've seen this week. This is worse. This is worse still. Not to diminish any of that. Not, not to diminish any of the atrocities that you've seen this week, any of the tragedies, any, anything that you've witnessed this week. This is worse than that. You were without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Jesus Christ. Yes! Amen! Isn't that awesome? Praise the Lord! I was far off without God an alien a stranger a foreigner but by the blood of jesus i have been brought near you have been brought near to god the veil is torn we sang about it this morning the veil is torn and we can come before the presence of the lord today You've been brought near by the blood of Christ for he himself is our peace who has made us both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation having abolished in his flesh the enmity that is the law of the commandments contained in the ordinances so as to create in himself one new from the two thus making peace that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross thereby putting to death the enmity and he came and preached peace to you who were were far off, and to those who were near, for through him we have access by one Spirit to the Father. Now, you ready? You ready? Now, therefore, you're no longer strangers and foreigners, you're no longer out on on your own you're you're no longer an outcast outside but you are accepted in the beloved and you have been brought near and your status has changed now you are fellow citizens and saints and members of the household of god somebody (laughs) praise jesus in this place today Having been built together on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom the building is being fitted together, grows into a holy temple in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of the Spirit of God in the Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Aren't you glad for a change in position? Aren't you glad for a change in status today? As the man said, I was blind, but now I see. The songwriter said, I was lost, but now I'm found. Amen. Come on, somebody. Praise the Lord. I was a stranger. I was a foreigner. I was on the outside. I was without a place, but now through the blood of Jesus, all of that is changed. I am a family member of God's. I am a citizen of a heavenly kingdom, and I'm no longer lost, but I am saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, encourage your people with this word today. Let it resonate in their spirit, God, as they leave this place today, God. Lord, this word in the week to come would just well up an unspeakable joy on the inside of them, God, an assurance, God, of who they are in you and what you've done for them. And bless them abundantly, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you as you're seated this morning. Now, sure, our position has changed. We who were on the outside have now found a place on the inside. We were were without an official status other than outsider. But now our official designation is that we are citizens of heaven and members of the household of God. Praise be to Jesus. Church, let me tell you something. There there are a lot of things in our world today that are unfolding with great urgency. We we see things. There, there are, as we sit here today, there are pressing matters in this world. You, you understand that there are things going on right now of which time is of the essence The clock is running and sooner or later There's going to be an expiration date and it's going to be too late to do anything about the situations that need resolving in this hour The windows are going to close the doors are the gates are going to be closed and there's going to be no more access And in as much as we observe these things and we, we discern these things in the natural, what we've got to do is we've got to be able to see beyond the natural for just a minute and understand that what's happening in the natural right now before us is really just a parallel to a spiritual truth and a spiritual reality. And that is that I believe that the time of the appearing of our Lord is drawing near. I believe that any moment we can hear the trumpet sound, we'll see the eastern sky part, and we will see our Lord. And, beloved, it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that we shall be like him, for we're about to see him as he is. Now, here's the, here's the deal. As we are in this place this morning, and we're celebrating, and we should... Everything that God has done for us, we have to be careful to guard against the mentality of my four and no more and being satisfied that we and our families are together in this place, lifting up holy hands and praising God and thanking him for everything that's been done in our lives without any regard for those that have been left behind. Because Jesus is coming soon and the window of time, the window of availability will close at that moment. Lots will have been cast. Decisions will have been forever made in that moment. Once he comes, it's all over with. The wheat and the tares will have been separated for eternity. And there will be those outside still of the heavenly kingdom, outside of citizenry of God's kingdom, outside of the membership of God's household. Yes, we are all God's children. I understand that. Give me the kumbaya story later. But there is a distinction made in the word between those who will and those who will not accept the gift of God's grace in the work that Jesus Christ has done for them and there is a distinction and there is a designation in this world where everybody wants a participation trophy there will be none in heaven you don't get a reward just for living this life you get a reward for accepting Christ that's it Everybody does not go to a better place when they die. Understand that. I see that so often that everybody, well, they're in a better place now. Are they? There was absolutely nothing about their lives that gave testament that they were a follower of Christ. They were vile, dishonest, cheaters, whatever the case may be. That is the distinguishing marks of their lives. But we just say, well, they're gone now. They're in a better place. They may not be. And I don't say that to be crass to you this morning. I just, there, there's, a, there's a blinder that's being pulled over the eyes even of people in the, in the church world today that we just believe this easy believism and, and, and all this kind of stuff and we disregard the teaching of the Bible and we've employed uh, secular philosophies to our understanding and our theology and we arrive at these places where everybody just gets in no it's the people who bow before the king of kings and lord of lords and confess their sin and ask his forgiveness and surrender and submit their hearts and lives to him And I'm telling you today, church, that the time is coming when the availability to come before the throne of grace and find repentance and find help and find the grace of God to save you and cleanse you from unrighteousness and make you fit for the kingdom of God is going to close. And I want to ask you today, the church of Jesus Christ, those who have been given the gift of the Holy Spirit that Jesus said would be an empowerment for us to be his witnesses in this world, I want to ask of you today to consider with me what about those on the outside? I couldn't help but think this weekend, I asked you earlier, To think about the worst thing that you'd seen this week What's the worst thing that you saw this week? Come on Yeah Yes, yes, yes. We've, we've seen all of these horrible images and things being played out in front of us over in the nation of Afghanistan. I, I, I thought about people in this nation who are burning flags and, and talking about what an awful place it is. And then I saw images of young men falling from the outer hulls of airplanes who were desperate to get here. And 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 I, I saw and you see these cargo planes that are that are filled with with these refugees and these American citizens and allies and all these things and we saw all of that and and we saw them taking off and they're leaving and, and in in the moment that they're leaving there's there's a, almost like a. A little collective sigh of relief there, which is, a, oh, thank God that there's, there's another 800, there's another 1,000, there's another, how many ever there is? How many ever souls are on board? There's that many. And, you know, I love that, that in, the, in the aviation place they refer to the people on board as souls because it really works great for this illustration. But every time, every time they'll show this picture of this huge aircraft and it's taken off and they'll say, a 1,000 souls on board. 800 souls on board and they're they're evacuating they're getting those people out of that place of desperation and 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 pending danger and they're, they're getting them up out of there and every time one of those planes leave we say oh praise God that those have been but you know what our focus is never far even though we celebrate even though we rejoice that those have gotten out our focus is never far from the people that are passing babies over barbed wire fences and the people that are risking life and limb to get to the gate to get on the plane to get out and we we're saying, thank God that those got out. But my God, what are we going to do about the ones that are still on the ground? And, and, and I've watched that unfold this week. And I just say, God, what can we do? What can we do to help these people who are so desperate for an escape? And before long, the social media lights up with posts from other concerned people. And it's evident that a lot of people share my concern. some of you right now you're angry you're angry with the response of your government you're angry about the decisions that have been made. My word, how could we do such a thing as to pull back and leave these people there? But I'm telling you today, church, I believe the heart of God is asking the same thing of the church. My God, how could you set at ease in Zion? How could you set comforted on a church pew week in and week out and not be grieved in your spirit that there are people living in desperation all around us you see nothing gives evidence of the desperation of the moment quite like those images that we've seen this week and and we we all see that and we say that is awful and I'm not trying to diminish that at all because it is awful it is awful But even though we see those things, we rejoice in the the planes that are taken off and people that are being evacuated and the souls that are being saved. But our thoughts never really depart very far from those that are on the ground and we're not going to be satisfied and we're not going to be rested until we see all of them. And we never cease to pray for them. And we never cease to strategize about how to get them out. Some of you have some ideas right now about how to get them out. You're you're not a military strategist. You don't know anything about it, but you know what you would do right now to get them out. And the urgent conversation all over the world right now is not rejoicing in the ones that have been moved, but in asking, what are we going to do about the ones that remain? What are we going to do about the lives of our friends and our allies and our fellow citizens? What are are we going to do? And it's, it's a dire situation from which these people need rescue, and we can all see it. And in the verses that we've read this morning, Paul dramatically describes the human condition such as being dead in trespasses and sins and having lived in the passions of the flesh and by nature being the children of wrath. And as these phrases depict, humankind is utterly lost and without any kind of hope outside the ark of safety of God's grace. They are undone. Worse than being in a refugee situation on this earth is being in a refugee situation in the spirit. And these, this is where a lot of people around us live. And Paul's conclusion in relation to humankind's spiritual need is that human beings are lost with no ability to change the course of their eternal destinies. And the gospel is the only possible answer to mankind's dilemma. It's the good news that God has solved the devastating problem of humanity's hopeless situation. He has intervened by providing an unfathomable sacrifice. That was in giving his one and only son. And through Jesus, God has paid the price for human sinfulness. And I want, you to, I want you to look with me again in Romans chapter 5. We referenced this verse last week, but we're going to go back to it again today. And it's going to address that position, or should I say, positionlessness, if that's a word. If it's not, stamp a copyright on it right now. I'm claiming it. Romans 5, verse 6. And I'm going to read this from the NLT. I'm not sure what's on the screen this morning, but I'm going to read this from the NLT just for clarity of thought this morning. And it says this, church, when we, when we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners now most people would not be willing to die for an upright person though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die when we were still sinners And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, while we were still enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son so now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God and you know what church every week don't misunderstand me this is right this is right okay those of you that are watching at home if you can't come here we understand that and we are welcoming you online and we are glad to provide this service. But don't mistake it one minute that sitting in your home and watching this is any kind of adequate substitute for coming and being gathered with God's people and celebrating the goodness and the grace of God. We we welcome you and we encourage you to come. And share together in the goodness of God because I believe the Romans five eleven ought to be our Road map for a worship service every single week that We rejoice in this wonderful new relationship with God you say well pastor I've been saved for 25 years. The word says that God's mercies are new every morning So so like if it's old and stale to you maybe it's time for a renewal maybe it's time for a reacquainting of yourself with the goodness of God in your life and, and we should come in this place and we should celebrate and we should rejoice in that we were lost but now we're found. But I pray, however, Lord, give us spiritual eyes to see those around us and to see their peril in a spiritual sense. They may look like they're prospering. This world may afford for them things that it doesn't for us. They may have comforts and luxuries that we only dream about. But if they don't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, they are bankrupt and on their way to a godless eternity. And I'm telling you that in the end, it doesn't matter how much stuff we've got in this life. It doesn't matter what what our portfolios look like. It doesn't matter what our backyard looks like. It doesn't matter what our front door looks like. It doesn't matter what we rolled up in today looks like because it's all going to be left behind. And the only thing that's going to matter is whether or not we have accepted this free gift of grace that Paul has so fervently preached to us today. Otherwise, we're going to find ourselves in the position of those that Jesus spoke of in the book of Revelation who said, I am, I am well and I'm increased with goods and I have need of nothing. But Jesus replies to them and says, but did you not know that you're really blind and naked and have nothing because you haven't accepted me? God help us to see the spiritual peril of those around us and the truth is church we don't have to look as far as Afghanistan to find the depth of desperation we can see it on the faces of those we meet we can hear it in the voices of those around us who share their stories but before we can become effective evangelists we must grasp in our heart the utter lostness of people apart from Christ they're not going through a phase they're not struggling through a situation if if they don't know Jesus they are bound in an eternal situation of lostness and they need to be saved our understanding of that though must go well beyond a mere doctrinal affirmation there's some of us in here you hear me say that Jesus is the only way and yay, yes, praise God and we just shout and that's an agreement and you're glad to hear somebody in the 21st century who's willing to stand up in front of a church crowd of people and a camera and say those things, God bless you pastor because I've watched this guy and I've heard this guy and he never says anything like that and I agree with that I just want you to know that I agree, with. well I'm glad you agree with that. But agreeing with that in theoretical and philosophical sense is not enough at some point that agreement and that understanding and that belief has to drive us to an action and it's critical that we see our relatives our associates our neighbors as being without any eternal hope apart from receiving Christ. And we see ourselves as ministers and understand this, that at all costs, the gospel must be shared because people still need in this generation the antiquated and ancient message that God still saves through the blood of Jesus Christ. It is appointed once to men to die and then to stand the judgment. And no man needs to stand judgment apart from the covering of Jesus' blood in their lives. And Paul gives us this indictment in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And he says, but even if our gospel is veiled... And I've got to tell you today, church, when you're around people and they're sharing stories of tragedy and heartache and heartbreak and all these things, and we're not responsive to that with the gospel, we're veiling the gospel. We, we are, as Jesus said, lighting the lamp and hiding it under the basket. and we need to be that city that can't be hid we need to be that people through whom the radiant glory of god is being revealed and the character and nature of god is being shared and paul says that even if our gospel is veiled it's veiled to those who are perishing 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 need i say it again to stress the importance and the gravity perishing whose minds the God of this age has blinded who do not believe lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is in the image of God should shine on them for we do not preach ourselves but Christ Jesus the Lord. Listen if you're afraid and timid to share the gospel because you're afraid of being rejected understand this that it's not you who is being rejected but it is the Lord of glory that they're rejecting and if they reject him then that's on them but I've done my part in bringing the good news of the gospel. For it is the God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. I don't know why sometimes we... When we hear messages about sharing the gospel, we feel like we've been charged with going out and distributing bags of garbage. And we're just so timid and ashamed because they're not going to hear what we have to say. And it's, you know, it's going to stink to them. But Paul says, no, we have, we have treasure. Do you treasure what God has done in your heart? Do you value the cross? Do you value the broken body and the shed blood? Do you really believe that it has broken your chains and set you free? Why wouldn't we tell everybody? Why wouldn't we as we sang this morning from the rooftop proclaim? I almost said complain. not in the church you know not proclaim proclaim from the rooftop proclaim because Paul said I am not ashamed of the gospel it's a treasure I've got something to pass on in this world that the world can't give to itself it's the light of God that is shown in my life and I, I've got that in earthen vessel to pass along to somebody else. Let us, Lord, let us not be ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it's the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes. Let us not be ashamed and let us share the power of God unto salvation at all would you stand with me this morning? Jesus. Heavenly Father, we stand before you today with hands upraised, declaring your goodness. Declaring your goodness in our lives because we who were once strangers and foreigners. We who were afar off have been brought near. We're no longer strangers, but we're familiar to your presence. Because you tore the veil. You made a way. God, we rejoice in that. But God, as much as we realize that we are on the inside, we know that we've been charged with a commission that mandates that we remember those who are on the outside. We not simply be satisfied to be on the next flight out, But God, we're concerned for those that we're leaving behind. Those that need deliverance. Those that need restoration and reconciliation. Those that need the power of God to work effectively in their lives to bind up their brokenheartedness. God, don't let us forget them it's a glorious journey it's a wonderful journey this walk of faith but God help us not to be content to walk it alone fill us Lord with a sense of urgency fill us Lord with a somewhat of a heaviness for those that are hurting, for those that are broken, for those that are bound. God, let our eyes seldom be dry from the tears that we cry in anguished prayer over the lost souls. Lord, move in us. And God, more importantly, move through us to touch this world with the power of the gospel. We hope you enjoyed this inspirational message today. If you would like more information about Faith Assembly, please visit us on the web at faith-assembly.org. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you have a blessed day.